Okay, next up it's time for it's story time. And uh, we've actually got two stories in this particular feature. In a minute, as you heard there, we're going to be talking about script writing. How different is it, say, from novel writing or any other sort of writing? We're going to be talking to a script writer and a script writing trainer. She's Julie Hall, so if script writing is something that uh, takes your fancy, then do stay with us for that. But first up, I Am Somebody, well, aren't we all? Well, I Am Somebody is an organisation whose vision it is to reconcile South Africa through its youth. And yesterday they all got together and they did this through a, a storytelling event and um, we're going to sort of pick up the pieces and find out how, how it all went. When we have with us the founder of I Am Somebody, she's Nicole LaRue. Hi, Nicole. Hi, it's good nice, to, nice to have you, you with again. us. And uh, a participant, Asanda Msutu. Hi, Asanda, thank you very much. Hi. Did you get to tell your story? Yes, I did. Good, good. Well, I'm hoping you're going to tell it all over again. Yes, Nicole, give us, give us a story here. I mean, sorry, forgive the overuse <laughs> of the word. I am somebody, what is the purpose of storytelling? Oh, what is the purpose of storytelling? Um, within with, your within, Yeah, within I Am Somebody, we see storytelling as the way of building relationships. Um, and the way of um, changing the understanding we have of each other, especially across class and culture. Um, but also just this thing of what happens when you speak and when you're witnessed um, and how all our stories interplay and teach each other about what it is to be human um, and celebrate what it is to be human. Does it work? I think so. <laughs> did it work yesterday? How did it work? Did it, was everybody put on the spot, right, your turn? Uh, yeah, we spent some time um, setting the stage and, and doing a few processes around what storytelling is and, and the tools we work with and um, poetry and things like that um, to make it a safe space. Um, but then, yes, there was lots of challenges, I think, for people to um, step into the space. To tell your story takes a lot of courage. Um, especially when it's a whole group of people you don't know. But mm. there's also this thing that when you share a story, um, especially a personal story and a personal experience, you're offering a gift. And that in a way it's a responsibility um, of the holders of all these stories, you know, that we have um, to bring those gifts to the world. So mm. it's when you see it that way, it's, it's not just that you're learning from your own story, it's also that you're offering something. Yes, Telling your story is certainly a challenge, as you say, telling a whole yeah. bunch of people, a whole bunch of strangers your story is already something. But to even identify your story, to have to sort of mm. stop and think about your story. Mm. Did you give all the people a brief and say, OK, this is what we want? Did you give them some sort of guidelines? Yeah, there were guidelines, although one of the main guidelines is to not try to think about what your story is before you tell it. Oh, um, so just to be nodding. <laughs> yeah, just just to really listen um, and to allow one story to bring another story out of you, and you know to to step forward and, and speak a story when it's your time and when a story comes to you. Oh, so like let the stories <laughs> let yeah. the stories work us because they do and they teach us. They're living through us. Yes, and yeah. I suppose it depends how much you want to or feel you can or, or dare reveal. I mean, I'm not mm, saying that everybody's absolutely. got dark secrets, but if suddenly you're put on a spot and you might start off with a story and you think, oh, why did I start this one? I don't want to yeah. go there. Gosh, Asanda, how was it for you? <laughs> did you did you pick up on somebody else's story? How do explain the process. Okay, for me, every time I tell my story, it feels like it changes. Um, basically, yesterday when I started, when actually I was the first one that wanted to tell my story, but Eventually, I didn't. I allowed other people to start. So eventually, when I heard the other people's stories, I connected. It connected to mine, and then I wanted. I wanted to tell my story, and then then again, I didn't want to tell it because 
I had planned it. I, I had planned what I wanted to say. So eventually when I got there, my whole story changed. So I had mm-hmm. to tell something else again. And then for me, it took me like two sessions before I said my story. Yes, and then I said it. And then actually, I didn't think about what I was saying. I just opened up my heart and then I said exactly what was there to be told to be and to be heard. Whoa, that was a, quite a thing. So it took you some while before you actually could. Yes. When you say you planned what you wanted to say every time I tell my story, it's different. Have you told your story before? Yes, like the group sessions with I Am Somebody, we get like a session where we tell our stories. Not only do we tell our stories, but we, we like after we, um, after we come back from solos, then we come with our stories that we, we come back with from the solos and then we tell them. And then we tell, like, there's a, mom, there's a session where Nicole asks you, um, how are you feeling? And then you have to, like, say a paragraph of how you're feeling. So that is also a story because if you don't tell somebody how you feel, then the person won't know. So you have to tell a story for that person to exactly know how you feel. And I suppose there's not much room for lying. Uh, you no. know, if somebody says, well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I you know, you, you, you'd have to work pretty hard to come up with something. So you have to tell exactly what's in your heart for other people to connect with you because if you're going to start lying, then nobody's going to understand you. Yeah, and probably not even yourself. Um, solos, Nicole, what are solos? So one of the tools we use in the Young Adult Rites of Passage program um, is nature-based solos. So um, starting with a two-hour solo on the first um, five-day camp and uh, more recently the group did um, 24-hour solos and, and it's a solo fast, so it's quite a challenge. Um, to go out on your own in nature without a tent, without um, that kind of protection and to really be with yourself. Oh, I see. Physically you go out there. Physical solos, yeah. So we do a lot of nature-based work um, as part of the personal development. And then coming back and telling the story of the solo, which is what Asandu was was talking Mm. about, and then that story is actually mirrored back to you. Um, so it's turned into almost a fictional story so that you can see um, what you were saying from a different angle. Can you tell us the story of your solo? <laughs> okay. Um, the recent camp that we went where, on... Where did you go? Tell us. We went to Cedarburg. Mm-hmm. It's in Cirrus, Cedarburg. Um, they also partnered with the I Am Somebody. So, um, actually, we there was six of us, but one of the participants had a cat knee, so you had to stay back. So eventually we went up the mountain. So for me, basically, that was a challenge. But by yourself, did you all go to different places on the mountain? Or were you no, we together? went together, but you had to climb the mountain up by yourself. So I've never climbed a mountain before, so it was very difficult for me because um, I've never challenged myself that far. So by the time when I climbed the mountain, it, it was a challenge because basically when I started to get tired and to like power starts running out of me, I give up. And basically, I wanted to give up right then, then, but I had Nicole and Julian right beside me. So not only did they give me strategies to climb up the mountain so that I could make it to the top, but they they helped me. They told me strategies how to to not look at the road that's in front of me, but to to walk on this the road that I'm now seeing so that I can get to where I want to be. So I think for me, basically, the by by that time, I noticed that. In life, it's actually what how it happens when you feel like you want to do something and then you, you, you get tired of asking or you get tired of not getting to where you want to be, you give up. So if you have people like Nicole and Julian, then you basically going to continue and get to where you want to be. 
So eventually when we got up the mountain, I was so tired. I didn't want to speak to anybody. I was, I think I was at the verge of crying, but I didn't want to because I didn't want everybody to think that I was weak. So when we got up the mountain, Nicole and Julian told us to get our spots. So it was like a split second we got there and then we didn't have time to chat to tell our stories about how it was coming up the mountain. And then we, we chose our spots and then eventually, I'm not a person that likes people to choose for me. So Julian chose a spot for me and then I didn't, I don't want to lie, didn't like that spot. So I told Julian that I was going to look for my own spot. So eventually I got my own spot. It took me three spots to get to where I wanted to sleep. So eventually we had to sleep like under the stars with no blank, like with a, a sleeping bag and plastic to cover yourself for, for the mist so that you don't get cold. Um, for me, I wanted to set up a little house, but I didn't have rocks like a site to put up my tent. So eventually I just slipped into my sleeping bag and then I put the plastic bag on top of me so that I don't get, I don't get um, um, wet by the fog. So eventually I started to to look like look around and like see what was happening like in front of me. But before I went to sleep, I I'm afraid of lizard. Like I'm afraid of anything that's creepy crawly. So I saw a lizard. Um, if I was at home, I don't want to lie, I would have ran away, <laughs> like I would have seriously ran. But eventually, I was out in the desert and nowhere to run to. So I looked at it and it looked back at me. And then for for a moment, yeah, I was so amazed at myself that I wasn't scared of it because I'm I'm normally scared for creepy crawlers. So eventually, when when I when I went to sleep, I came back the next morning. They called us back. So I wanted to tell my story right there and then because I was excited for how I felt for not being afraid of the lizard. So eventually we weren't allowed to tell our stories when we got back. We were, we were, they were going to give us time to sit all together and tell our stories to everybody that was on the camp. So eventually when we got to the, the storytelling circle, my story had changed, but the lizard part was the, I've, uh, when, when the time came for me to tell my story, like I'd noticed things that I didn't notice like at the moment, like the day that we went on the, in the solos, I noticed things the following day that I didn't even know were there. So eventually, um, when we when we got to our storytelling time, like I was so excited because I had a lot to share. So, and like for to share like what happened like on a mountain alone with people that also was there with you and that experienced different things, but you were on the same level of ground was kind of amazing because you don't actually know that all those things happen if if you don't take part in it. It sounds um, the lizard was big for you. I mean, I'm not sure you're saying that it was big, <laughs> it, but I'm saying that it was big in your story. Yes. What what else did you feel? I mean, you spent the night in the sleeping bag. You sat there. Did you spend some waking hours there as well? What else? It was went through your mind. Sorry, it was kind of amazing for me to just sleep outside because I would normally not sleep outside. Never, like never. So for me it was it was challenging to to sleep outside alone. The facilitators were like oh like so far from me because if ever I would have screamed they would get there and I would be no more because they were just so far. But I had trusted I would I trusted the environment around me and I trusted that not only was they weren't gonna put me in danger, that everything was okay. If if even if something came, it wasn't gonna be da- in, like dangerous for me because the previous day before we went to our solos, we got um, a lady that instructed us how to react to animals. So not only did we know what to do, but we like you, you had to trust yourself and trust the environment around you to, to feel safe. 
Sandra, what did you learn from, not so much from the solo, but what did you learn about telling your story to um, other people? Did you find them responding to what you were saying? At first, when we went to the first camp, everybody looked at me crazy because they didn't understand what I was saying. Um, but when, after we came back from the second camp, it was kind of, like, kind of, kind of easier for me because I had already, um, went on the first camp and came and told my story. Nobody wanted to listen. Nobody believed me. And then when eventually I came back on my sec in the second camp, I was so excited because a lot had happened. Because on the first camp, it was like, it was basically like enjoying ourselves and being the child. So we went on the second camp and it was basically coming up and like growing up. So mm. I had a lot to tell and a lot of things that happened there that that actually um, com was the same as things that were happening at home. So not only was I combining things from the camp, but I was also um, putting them together with things that are happening at home. And then it was kind of amazing how you, you don't notice the things that happen around you when you're at home, but when you're far from home, then you notice the little things that you would never, like, know. It sounds like there was a lot of noticing, a lot of consciousness, a lot of things that you yeah. wouldn't normally yeah. think about or even do. Um, Nicole, just lastly... What did you learn? What did you feel was the outcome of this? I mean, does it? You talk about it being part of the Young Adult Writers Program. Is the intention for to to, to have young people be able to tell their own story in writing or in words? And what what differences in storytelling make? Well, we use storytelling as the tool and as a way for young people and and adults to come together, um, people of different generations. Um, so, yes, it is about telling the story, but it's actually about what you learn about yourself. Um, and we work with different metaphors, but how you, how you become more, like you were saying, more aware of your own life um, and what you want. And the program is really about marking a change in your life. Um, and that's what the solos are about. You know, you set an intention, you go out and you mark something that you want to create um, and you're witnessed for that thing that you want to create. So that's, yeah, and, and Asanda actually, since the camp, as we were talking about it uh, recently, um, has done a lot of, she does a lot of activist work in her community, oh. um, and part of her solo was about marking um, the work that she does already and the leader that she is, so oh. I want to acknowledge that. Yes, well done, <laughs> lovely, Asanda, well done, it was interesting to, and I shall forever think of you and the lizard staring at each other <laughs> in the eye, but I think what's interesting, what you're saying, Nicole, is that uh, you know, to tell your story, first mm -hmm. you have to think about your story. And once you've thought about your story, you've already, mm. um, you know, moved a little bit forward. Mm. Mm. Going to give out your website if anybody would like to know more. I know that I am, I am somebody is, um, it's, you, you're doing lots of work only mm. here in Cape Town or elsewhere in the country. Yeah, we're based in Cape Town at the moment, but we're always looking for support for participants. Um, we have job, you know, job opportunities and things like oh. that. Um, and Asanda is actually wanting to go back to school and looking for donations for her registration fees. She only needs 450 rand. So if anyone wants to make a donation for her um, to support her, I would let me give out your website then right now. It's www.iamsomebody.co.za. I am somebody. .co.za. And we are also on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. As I am somebody. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Find them on Facebook, find them on Twitter, uh, find them on the net. It's iamsomebody.co.za if you'd like to help Asanda get back to school. There you go. That's, that's the way to do it. Asanda Masutu, thank you very much. Nicole LaRue, thank you very much. Thank and very you. best of luck with your continuing storytelling and the work that you're doing with those young people. Thank, thank you. you so much. You're listening to SFM Literature. Stay with us.